Well, good morning, everyone. Isn't it a beautiful day? And um, just made all the more um, precious um, by that incredible time just spent together in God's presence, just enjoying, you know, better than, than the sunshine um, is when we feel the sunshine of, of his love and his presence with us, just amazing, fantastic. Um, I'd like to take us back um, to a word that I brought here um, in October 2017. Um, I don't expect you all to be able to remind me straight away what that word was, so I will remind you. Um, so if you've got um, a Bible, I'm just going to start us off back in Ezekiel chapter 37. Um, Ezekiel chapter 37 starts like this. The hand of the Lord was on me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me in the middle of a valley. It was full of bones. He led me to and fro among them and I saw a great many bones on the floor of the valley. Bones that were very dry. And he asked me, son of man, can these bones live? And I said, sovereign Lord, you alone know. Sometimes there are points in our lives when we wonder whether the dry bones that we see around us really can live. It's like we kind of know that God can do it, but we're not in that place, if we're honest, of saying, yeah, these bones are going to live. We're more in that place of saying, God, you know. God, you know, there's that place sometimes and it, it can be in our individual lives, can't it? It can be, it can be that sense of when I gave my life to Jesus, I was just so full of faith and I knew that he was going to deal with this and he was going to deal with that. And, and actually as I've, you know, gone through life, maybe there's come a time where I look at certain things, maybe that I've struggled with. Maybe I look at certain, you know, habits that I've been seeking to break or maybe I look at certain patterns of thinking and I thought I'd be free of that by now. And, and the question comes, can these bones live? And I'm like, God, you know. Or maybe it's in my, in my kind of circumstance. Maybe it's in my workplace. Maybe it's in something that I've been seeking breakthrough in. Maybe it's in a family circumstance. Something I've been praying and believing God for. And, and I come to that point. Can these bones live? God, you know. You know. I know it's possible. But I don't know if it's going to happen. You know, Lord. Or maybe... And this was something we acknowledged when I brought this word back in October. Maybe it's something you look around in the church community. And you think of the dreams that we had of a vibrant New Testament church bringing the kingdom and turning back the powers of darkness and announcing the arrival of Jesus. And and maybe you get to the point of saying, looking around you at a load of dry bones. No offense. Saying, Lord, I don't know. You know. Can these bones live? You know. You alone know. And then he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. This is what the sovereign Lord says to these bones. I will make breath enter you and you will come to life. I will attach tendons to you and make flesh come upon you and cover you with skin. I will put breath in you and you will come to life and then you will know that I am the Lord. And so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I was prophesying, there was a noise, a rattling sound and the bones came together, bone to bone. 
I looked and tendons and flesh appeared on them and skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. And sometimes as God begins to move, and as God begins to respond to our prayer and to the cry of our hearts, sometimes in that process, it doesn't feel like there's any life in it yet. Sometimes there are things going on. God is working. Bones are coming together. Bone on bone and and, and skin and flesh are appearing. But still we know there is no life in this. And sometimes we're dissatisfied. As we just hear the rattling of bones and we just hear the moving of things into place. And it feels sometimes like that process is going on a long time. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath, prophesy son of man and say to it, this is what the sovereign Lord says. Come breath from the four winds and breathe into these slain that they may live. And so I prophesied as he commanded me and breath entered them. They came to life and stood up on their feet A vast army. The breath of God came and they came to life. And about you, I long to live a life fully alive. I don't want to live a dry bones kind of life. Because I know that Jesus saved me for a life of adventure. I know that Jesus saved me for a life of of faith, of breakthrough, of seeing his resurrection life and power touching and transforming my world. I know that he made me for more than just a kind of mundane, mediocre existence, going through life from one day to the next, waiting to die and go to heaven. He made me for something more. I want to live life to the full. I've come that you may have life and have it to the full. An abundant life. The life that God made me and created me for. A life of spirit-empowered mission. Where I get to partner with God. Where I get to partner with God. And be part of what he's doing in our world. I want to take you to John chapter 17. And verse 3. John 17 and verse 3. Jesus is just starting to pray this incredible prayer that's recorded for us in John chapter 17. And he says this in verse 3. Now this is eternal life. Jesus is about to define for us the very best kind of life. Um, Sometimes we read that word eternal and we think straight away about quantity, the fact that it goes on forever. And of course, that's true about eternity. It does go on forever. But when you read eternal in the scriptures, it's as much, if not more, about quality as it is about quantity. Because this is the God, because God defines what it is to be eternal. He is the eternal God. And so this is the God kind of life. This is, this is perfect life. So the Bible is about, Jesus is about to define for us what perfect life really looks like. 
Now this is eternal life, that they may know you, the only true God and Jesus Christ whom you have sent. This is life, knowing God. Not knowing God in the sense of having done, you know, a 10-week course about facts and theories about God. Not knowing God, having done a degree in theology. Not knowing about God, but knowing God. Knowing him, being in a relationship with him, knowing him personally and intimately. This is life. This is life. So when we talk about dry bones coming together and we ask ourselves, can these bones live? What we're really asking is, can we live in that intimate relationship with God? Can we know and experience that kind of life? So if we skip on a little bit in in this prayer that Jesus prayed to verse 13, it says this. Jesus prays to the Father and he says, I'm coming to you now, but I say these things while I'm still in the world so that they may have the full measure of my joy within them. I've given them your word and the world has hated them for they're not of the world any more than I am of the world. My prayer is not that you take them out of the world, but that you protect them from the evil one. They're not of the world, even as I'm not of it. Sanctify them by the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, I've sent them into the world. For them I sanctify myself, that they too may be truly sanctified. My prayer is not for them alone. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. That all of them may be one, Father. Just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I've given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. And then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you've given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you've given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you and they know that you have sent me and I've made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them and that I myself may be in them. Do you see what's going on here in the prayer of Jesus? It's all about God being known. It's all about God being known. I want them to know and experience the love that exists between you and me, Father. That love that exists in God himself between the Father and the Son, the eternal God. The God who created and sustained all things, who exists in perfect community. In perfect relationship, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. And their hearts cry, their prayer, their their raison d'etre, their meaning and purpose that governs everything that they are. Is that they say, we want to draw you, humanity, into that relationship. We want to draw you. We made you for this relationship. We created you for this relationship. That you would know and experience the love, intimate relationship with God that you were created for. That's what it means to come alive. 
It's what it means to pass over from death to life. When we chose our own way rather than God's way, we closed the door to relationship. We closed the door to intimacy. And our story, the story of the scriptures, our story as a community is the story of how God has made his love known to us again in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. This is our defining story. Any of you um, watched the royal wedding yesterday? Bishop Michael Curry, respect. He did a great job, didn't he? If you haven't, you know, just Google it. Um, watch Bishop Michael Curry's um, preach. It was, it was amazing. I watched it on the BBC. Uh, and Hugh Edwards just didn't know what to say at the end of it. He was like, well, well, that was quite a forceful and uplifting message. Um, I don't think the nation knew what hit them in that moment. As suddenly, as suddenly they were confronted with this truth about the power of love. The power of love. You know, if we're not careful, we think of, is it Celine Dion? Or, you know, we, we, we go off into songs and, but it's not a twee truth. It's an incredibly powerful reality. We were singing just now about how he has um, defeated sin and the grave. And what a powerful name it is. Well, let's think about that for a moment. How did he defeat the power of sin and the grave? He came and he gave his life on a cross. He humbled himself. This is a totally upside down kind of kingdom. This is not what we would have expected The source of all his power and might. The reason that he's exalted. The reason that he's the name above every other name. The reason that he's lifted higher than we can ever imagine. Is because he lowered himself. Because he humbled himself. Because he emptied himself. Because he gave himself to you and to me in love. He showed us what it means. To not put ourselves at the center. To not put ourselves first. But to embrace God's perfect way of love. And this is life. This is life. To know the love of God. To live in the love of God. To experience the love of God. God has made his love known to us in such a real way in Jesus. You see, Jesus didn't come as a philosophical theory. Jesus didn't come as an intellectual idea, a way of life that we could embrace and follow. But Jesus came as a real person. A real human being born in a real town. In a real part of the world. In a real moment in history, amongst real mess that came out of real animals. Jesus was born for real. And he made this amazing, incredible, powerful love of God. Not just a concept or an idea, but an actual thing in your life. 
In that moment, he made the love of God transformative and powerful for you. Because this real love, this real love is practical and it's powerful. The love of God makes broken lives whole. Even when it doesn't immediately change the practicality of the circumstance, it nevertheless is able to heal a broken life. The love of God makes possible the forgiveness of my darkest sin. The love of God makes possible my healing and my wholeness. The love of God reaches out to me in the midst of my mess and my brokenness. Because while I was still a sinner, while I was still an enemy of God, while I was still distant and far off, while there was nothing about me to attract him to me, still he came for me. Still he came for me. Still he came running towards me, pouring out his heart in love for me. This is life. This is life, knowing that love of God for real in my life. The love of God gives me hope. Gives me hope to carry on. The love of God. And our story, our life together as a community is shaped by this story. That's why we are a community. That's why we are a people. That's why this is a thing. Because of this story of the real love of God that can really change lives. That can really offer hope. That can really mend broken people. The incredible power of love. And God's desire is that this story would be made real in this community. God's desire, because that's what we read in that prayer that, that, that Jesus prayed. Father, I'm not taking them out of the world. Right in the context of talking about this incredible love relationship, he said, look, I've made you known. I've made you known, but now I'm sending them in the same way that you sent me. I'm sending them to live together, and and so we find him praying for our unity together as the community of his people, because I'm sending them to live out this story. And all these years later, it looks like this here in Huddersfield. I'm sending them to live faithfully as the community of my people, so that this story will be real right here in Huddersfield. So that this story of the power of God's love, of the real life that is relationship with God. Because to live in the love of God is to know God. And to know God is eternal life. To live in the love of God is to know God. And to know God is eternal life. So when we talk about bringing heaven to earth, whatever it might look like in practical terms, what we're actually talking about 
is that people might know God, that they might live in his love. 1 John chapter 3. 10 minutes, we're okay. We're going to make it, I think. 1 John chapter 3. And verse 11. For this is the message you heard from the beginning. We should love one another. Do not be like Cain who belonged to the evil one and murdered his brother. Why did he murder him? Because his own actions were evil and his brothers were righteous. Do not be surprised, my brothers and sisters, if the world hates you. We know that we've passed from death to life because we love each other. We know that we've passed from death to life. What's the evidence that this is a resurrection community? Because we love each other. That's powerful, isn't it? This is not just a nice idea to make us be nicer to one another. Jesus says this is our testimony to that story. This is our testimony to the new life that we found in Jesus Christ by the way that we love one another. The thing is, it's not always easy, is it? Because it's easy to say we love one another as a theory. It's easy because, you know, we don't hate one another. We're the church. We don't hate one another. But what about when it hurts? What about when it's painful? What about when we're disappointed? What about when we're frustrated? What about why we cannot see for the life of us why that person is behaving that way? What about when it just seems so wrong to us and they keep doing it and doing it and doing it? And if we really stop and think, we probably know that they're genuine and sincere and they think, but it hurts. And none of our reasoning and rational kind of, well, they probably mean well, doesn't take away the fact that it hurts. Or maybe they hurt us some time ago. And it just feels too painful, too difficult to face up to. I'm not talking about avoiding confrontation I'm talking about facing up to the fact that sometimes loving one another is difficult and challenging. But this is our story. This is our story. That actually love is more powerful than anything else. That actually the route to our victory, the route to our resurrection, the route to our overcoming is to empty ourselves. Is to lay down our lives. To put our faith in the power of God's love. To put our faith in what Jesus modelled for us. To make ourselves vulnerable. He was stripped. And he was beaten. He was vulnerable. And he poured out his life in love. We know that we've passed from death to life because we love each other. And anyone who does not love remains in death. Anyone who hates a brother or sister is a murderer. And you know that no murderer has eternal life residing in him. This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us. And we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions and in truth. You see, we're called to live out a story 
a story of God's incredible love. And we're called to start with one another right here in this community. We're called to prove that love overcomes even when it's really difficult. Even when we want to give up. Even when we want to walk away. Even when we've had enough and we feel, can these bones live? I don't know. You alone, Lord, know. It's time for us to hear the word of the Lord to us as God's people. These bones can live. These bones can live. Come breath of God. The power, the transforming power of God's love in the midst of his community is far more powerful than any frustration we may have encountered or experienced. Whether that's in our own individual lives, whether it's in our circumstances in the workplace, whether it's in our life together as the community of God's people. The transforming power of God's love that he's made known to us in Jesus Christ. If we will embrace that, if we will live that as our story, let this be what defines us as community church in Huddersfield. The incredible love of God that never fails. 1 John chapter 4 and verse 7. Dear friends, Let us love one another, for love comes from God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. This is eternal life, that you would know God. Everyone who loves has been born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, because God is love. This is how God showed his love among us. He sent his one and only son into the world that we might live through him. He sent him as the perfect demonstration of love that we might live. Can these bones live? Yes, they can. Yes, they can. Can we live out God's story right here in the midst of Huddersfield? Can we make that real in the midst of this community amongst ourselves? And then can we allow that to flow from here into our workplaces? The place where you work, the place, the family that God has placed you in, in the communities that you are part of. Can we live out that story? Can we live out that story together As a whole, as we reach out in different ways through our different activities, our projects, whether it's um, Melody Makers, whether it's Jubilee Friends, whether it's the different expressions of the church, the things that we do together, Hope Huddersfield, the things we do with other expressions of the church. Can we live out that story of a people who will give themselves, who will lay down their lives, who empty themselves as a demonstration of love? Sometimes we get frustrated. Sometimes we become disappointed. Sometimes we feel like giving up hope on ourselves, let alone on the people around us. I'm here to tell you this morning, I believe God can breathe new life into our testimony to the love of God. Come, breath of God, and breathe new life into the telling of our story. 
the story of the God who makes himself known. Who doesn't remain distant and far off, seeing if we will, through our clever study and application of science, somehow work out the answers. But the God who in love comes near to us. When we were lost, when we were broken, when we had no hope, when we were trapped in sin, when we were in a mess in our lives, he came to us and he made himself known to us. And he wants to make himself known in this town. And so he sent us to live the story of his love. Come, breath of God, and breathe new life into our telling of that story. That we would make this love manifest here in Huddersfield. That people would be able to see by the way we love one another. By the way we push past our frustrations, by the way we push past our hurts, by the way we're determined, love will always make a way. By the way we give ourselves relentlessly, we will love this town. We will love our colleagues. We will love, even when they are so annoying, even when they make our lives so difficult, even when they're unjust, even when they pick on us, even when they bully us in the workplace, we will love them. We will love this town. Even when we think the, the council and the authorities are doing stupid things and we don't agree, we will love them. Even when we think that they're taking away our rights and they're making life more difficult for us, we will love them. We will not give up on our belief that Jesus' way is the way. That the way of love that is demonstrated to us in Jesus Christ is the way we will live our lives and tell our stories. My friends, these bones can live. Come, breath of God, and breathe new life into these bones as we make your love a reality right here. In a real place, in a real moment of time, help us, Holy Spirit. Amen.